There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Until Friday, when the away teams unleash the Kraken. It's all ahead of us on EuroLeaks with 16. Tune in. Great pass from Diamantidis. The love is done! We go 40 minutes to a title. David Blue to three. On the mark, David Blue! Now Spinelli's drives inside. Look for the alley EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need. As ever, we are up on SoundCloud and we are, of course, uh, on wherever you get good podcasts. So be sure to search for EuroLeague Sweet 16 to subscribe and get the episodes as soon as they drop. Hello and welcome to EuroLeague Sweet 16. Yes, this is yet another edition where we are trying to really study what Emmett is doing uh, in the meantime, which from, you know, latest update that we've had, he was actually studying... Um, he was training to perform a successful DMAC, which is, you know, the death touch to those kids of the 80s. And why is he doing that, Lewis? Oh, yeah, because he joined, he wants to join the Link Way. Can he handle the ice, though, with Sub-Zero? That's my question here. Doubtful. Very, very doubtful. I mean, look, understandably, I, I can understand why he wants ice in his veins when, he, when he's trying to make shots. It connects. Uh, but in all seriousness, we... Um, some teams have shown that they've got some ice in their veins. Uh, but before we do that, hi, I'm Osher from Team Scout. With me as ever, Lewis Hefglenny, uh from Hooventut right now, where he would have liked to be. Hi, Lewis. Hi, I'm from sunny Scotland. And in fact, I'm, I'm saying sunny with an asterisk because it is so miserable this morning that when I first turned my laptop on to record this episode, I actually had to put the light on behind me because it's so dark. Sunny, you say, huh? Yeah, only when the light's on. Only when the light's on. So you can say it's sunny on the one hand, but in all seriousness, was it though? Was it though, Lewis? Or was it raining threes somewhere? It was. You know what? I, when I say it's dark, it's not as dark as particular corners of Europe right now. Like I can name a few. Um, Jalgiris Kaunas, Panathinaikos. Basconia, Vittoria Gestes, and of course, Fernabachi. But before we do that, it is time to go to the most inaccurately named segment in all sports and entertainment today. It is time for the four-minute warning. Four minutes to get through all the action that just happened in EuroLeague. It's the four-minute warning. So I think um, I think the best place to start is what, what was our hot topic of the week. By hot topic, you mean pandemonium, essentially fight to the death in our WhatsApp group. So yeah, on so nice lead in straight up Mortal Kombat style fight to the death on Thursday evening following Real Madrid Maccabi till Friday morning till till early hours of Friday morning. Yeah, first things first. Moshe was right. Moshe was right, but I had to defend Real Madrid. That goes against my very being. I had to defend Real Madrid, and it I had to do it quite passionately. So I'm going to leave that there, Moshe. What do you want to talk about first? The questionable incident on Maccabi flat out blowing up. Well, here's the thing. It's like there's this saying that goes that if if you have your uh, you know you have your opponent, you have your sights locked on him. Just pull the damn trigger, go for the kill. They didn't. That's the thing. They kind of I don't want to say choked, but in all seriousness, we've been doing this for so long, and by doing this, I mean first watching basketball games and. Obviously, analyzing them and scouting them to know that comebacks happen. Now, in all seriousness, Maccabi did a great job defensively. And Coach Lasso only had three guys, three guys that came to this game. Essentially, that managed to, to do some damage. That was Eddie Tavares. That was Gershon Yabusele. And that was Toma Hertel, the man, the legend, and also... The guy that, you know, was not supposed to be allowed to go back on the court. Okay, so for context, Maccabi were up 68-67? No, actually, they were, they were, they ended the third quarter up 59-50. Oh, no, sorry, I was going straight to the incident. Oh, yeah. So they were, you know, Madrid were doing the comeback, Maccabi were up 67-65. Then, Toma Hertel hits a three-pointer. Maccabi calls for the timeout, down by one point. Then Maccabi gets back. Coach Lasso decides to put a different lineup on the court. So, yeah, so he, he took out 
he took out Tom Hertel for obvious Tom Hertel reasons. You don't want Tom Hertel defending what? deep in the fourth quarter. You bring on one of your many multifaceted two-meter wings who can defend like hell. Shout out Adam Hanger, Jeffrey Taylor. You know the bunch. So he brings in Jeffrey Taylor and Madrid defend the inbound play very well. Scotty could have done better, but you know what? Separate conversation. And they get a five-second call. And here's where it gets interesting. And I, I want to use this stage. I, I want to, you know, say thanks to both Emmett and Aris who kept us in check. Because if last week the inmates ran the asylum... We damn near burned it down on Thursday night. In a way, but they used, you know, the clubs and the tasers to uh, actually prevent us from going full destruction mode, I think. Which was good, which was good. And, and like I texted Lewis, the, the gif of, of MJ saying, and I took that personally. And I did. Uh, the reason was, is because Lou and I were up to like, I think, 3 a.m., was it? Three, yeah, 3 a.m. Tel Aviv time, so 1 a.m. my time. Um, Looking at, at, you know, the bylaws of basketball, trying to understand where is it exactly taken from. And then it was like, it wasn't quite a matter of interpretation as it was, I think most of, you know, above anything else, it was the hour that prevented us from fully comprehending what it was that we were reading. <laughs> yeah, because we were, we were sending each other back and forth, different bits highlighted, but no, like, it's, it's legit. But essentially what happened was, because we segued, Tom Hartel's left the game. Maccabi tried to inbound, get a five-second call, disaster. But then, of course, Madrid, underneath Maccabi basket, who do you want? Do you want Jeffrey Taylor or Tom Hartel? There is one answer, and it's French. So Pablo Lasso has called signal to the scorer's table. Tom Hartel back in. No time has lapsed, so Tom Hartel should not have been allowed to enter the game. Unfortunately for Maccabi, no one, no one noticed. Tom Hartel comes back in, and what does Tom Hartel do, Moshe? Scores. <laughs> he scores. He makes it a three-point game. So, yeah, um, less than ideal. Yeah, of course, but essentially you say that, like, that he's not allowed to go win right? Then this means that Madrid, they get back to the game, like, you know, from after the five-second violation to the point where their best guard of that night, in terms of offensive productivity, their best guard of the night is not on the court. And we've seen teams where, you know, in nights where only one guy in the backcourt was straight up killing it, the moment he steps off the game, you're in a problem. So essentially, if everything goes the same way you did, only without Hertel on the court, and you have Derek Williams nailing the three-pointer, then Hertel can only come back after Williams' three-pointer. So when Madrid are down like uh, 70 to 68, but essentially, you know, everything would have probably would have went differently until... Yeah, I mean, Madrid, Madrid probably go inside instead, but yeah. Um, it was a good game, though. We have to admit. Oh, very entertaining game, very entertaining game. I think... My big takeaway from that game was, I said too, Real, are, they are the real deal. Like when the chips are down, they, they can get a win. Take two, that loss was a lot bigger than it looks on paper for McCabe. It is. It is. And I think that from, it's, it's like right now they're at crossroads. It's either they're going to smoke their next opponent or they're going to get smoked because mentally, I mean, mentally, it's either you bounce back from this or you collapse. And, like, if, if you're going into that sort of game where you're either going to smoke or get smoked, do you know who the opponent you do not want is? Yes, Unix. <laughs> the, the team that do the most smoking and, uh, in OJ Mayo's case, probably literally not smoking. Um, so, yeah, um, but Madrid, that was a big win. Like, so Madrid went 4 of 19 from deep. But two of those threes were Tom Hartel in the final minute. That's problem. bad. Yeah, yeah problem. Yeah. Um, I actually, I mean, I know anyone that listens regularly will know I give Scotty a pretty hard time. I thought Scotty had a good first half. He did. But you know what? Scotty doesn't know the second half started. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Don't um, tell Scotty. I think here that, you know, just because that you actually managed to do something that no one of us, like, on the WhatsApp group, thought that was even possible, and that was you actually complimenting Scotty Wilbekin. Here's the thing. Never in my life have I seen teams that succeeded only having one guy that, you know, is doing it all. And now, as it looks like in recent games, 
especially when we're talking offensive productivity, it's it's Scotty and Ante first. And I know that I reported about Maccabi wanting wanting to keep them, you know, beyond their current contract, which if you're Maccabi, it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, but I really think that, you know, when, when you're the only responsible adult, you know, you, you need other guys also. So it wasn't like that he knew that the second half started. But if you're the if you're your team's biggest threat, only threat. No, but that's the no. thing. If you're in, in a specific game, if you're the only threat, whether it's from deep or from the inside or scoring in general in the backcourt, it's going to be easier for your opponent, and especially if your opponent is Real Madrid, to make it harder for you. And, and you no, saw they did because that, that's that's you've seen it quite a lot that they were either putting Adam Hang on them, Jeffrey Taylor, or late in the game Fab Kosur. It was just it was kind of a case of force the ball out of Scotty's hands to let someone else make a bad decision. Which is a great, great defensive schemes from Pablo Lasso, but for Maccabi, that's that's literally a problem. And I've got, I've got to ask the question because it's, it's something I've, I've thought a lot about. We we said last week that obviously Maccabi's schedule over the next few weeks was less than kind. What what did we say? It was one one win, two wins, okay. To, to put it mildly, to put it yeah, mildly, one one win or two wins would have been like no. Like, and we're still we're still there in that one or two wins because you look at an, an away game with Madrid and you don't think okay this is a lock this is a win I can get in, in a way if you're if you're not like Barcelona slash Milan slash you know you're not going for I got to get the win in Madrid yeah but I think how close Maccabi ran them that's that's a game lost for Maccabi in terms of they could have won um, no, yeah they're on Madrid did not win. It, it's one of those games where you where you go Madrid did not win the game it's Maccabi who lost it yeah, Maccabi lost it. Maccabi yeah. has this that, that, that's probably that's probably enough on Maccabi and Real. So, um, uh, let's let's do this though. One thing, and it's it, I'm I'm gonna say it about Maccabi, but it's also relevant to all the other teams that might seem to be as if they're in like great danger. Okay, so just before you hit like the you know the panic button you got there, just on oh, the yeah. uh, Nico's shirt, on the Provitola's shirt right there, you know, just above the and under what what is it pro pro what? Probitas. Back to the games and teams that are supposed to be in danger or hit panic buttons and whatnot. If you want to, and it's something we, it, it's a few uh, conclusions that we've reached, I think, throughout the years. It's like the four-game losing streak. You do not want to get into that, really. You do not want to be one of those teams that has like four in a row. Club four and you're borderline out of playoffs. I mean, you can make up for it if you're a super team, don't get me wrong, but there is something about that number, really. There, there is something about that number. Um, that's number one. Number two, the double rounders. And I promise that next week, I mean, not be, before next show, we're going to give you throughout the seasons, like the, what the teams that made the playoffs had in the, in their double rounders. If memory serves me right, I don't remember a team that had like um, two double rounders where they went 0-2. That is a stat. That is a stat. I mean, I'm usually the one that brings the stats, but that's, um, that, that's, that's, a, that's interesting, um, I have to say. Because I've been I've been keeping a wee tab on them, but not nothing too concrete yet. So I'll definitely do the the checking uh, and present the findings. And this one last thing: teams that are not like considered to be super teams, they used to make the playoffs when they kept their home safe and they managed to get a few wins on the road. Yeah. So if you look at uh, um, if you break down Maccabi's. Uh, you know, performances at home and on the road. They're five and one at home, which is not that bad, right? And they're two and five on the road, which means they can do a bit better. But still, if they were like five, three at home, I'd say that that is a big issue. So this is like the reason why I'm not that worried. You want another example? Let's talk Olympiacos. Like two weeks ago, they were winless on the road. Now they have two wins. And big two big wins. wins as well. Two big wins. Which is why I want to talk about them next, because obviously it connects everything perfectly. They played against Unix, who plays against Maccabi next week. And, you know, it is what it is. So, Olympiacos, how about that, Luis? That was, I mean, that was, that was a game. That, that was a real, real game. Um, and I actually, I seen on Twitter, someone said it was the game of the season, obviously, shortly after that game finished. The real game of the season started, but I mean, wow! You, it just had everything. You had that Isaiah Cannon went for twenty, Lorenzo Brown twenty, 
Um, who who had big numbers of Sasha Vizenkov, of course, twenty two seven three five PIR of thirty six baller. Just like you 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 used to have in your in your uh, days of glory. Yeah, just the the numbers were in slightly different categories. There's probably a couple more turnovers in there as well. But um, yeah, I mean Sasha just he just hammered them. I actually I watched that game back just before we were recording, um, and I know he he is an acquired taste. But Costas Lucas had a filthy, filthy spin move. Look, it's not just the spin move. If you remember at the beginning of the season, I said that to me, Madrid and Olympiacos were a lock to the final four. Obviously, they were not the only ones, but still. No, it was. It's, it's it definitely like, like Lucas has just been, I think with, with this iteration of Olympiacos, obviously I had my concerns and a lot of them are still there. But Lucas is just the, is the glue that's keeping all these pieces not- together. They're going to have a bigger glue right now or a stronger glue at that. And that is Quincy AC. And I know this from experience because I've seen him in Tel Aviv. I know what impact he had on the locker room. Seriously. This is a guy that everyone follows to war kind of thing. He's the guy you want as as a teammate. So he may not be like, you know, your best three-point shooter as a foreman, right? He may not be like the best at this or the best at that. But when you, you know, when you add up everything that he does, you get a huge, huge plus in the result column. Now, when you look, what made Olympiacos special for me? I'll tell you. The combination of Slukas and Walkup. Slukas can be a better offensive uh, uh, threat, I would say. Yeah. But when you have these two guys at point, running point, you know that you're, you're bound to have at least 37, 38, and I'm rounding down, not running up, I'm rounding down. 37 to 38 minutes of good decision making. Yeah. How many you do? You, you've, got, you've got that that smart Euroleague level guard play consistently that you, you don't have to worry about a, a drop off in production. And then you have a weapon of massive destruction, WMD, called Tyler Dorsey, which again is another guy I'm a fan of. He, he, had, a, he had a pretty cold night. It happens, but that's the thing yeah. with shooters, by the way. But yeah. you, you look at him and you look at Erickson and you want to tell, you really feel comfortable telling me that these two guys cannot fit perfectly to the role of the, the J.C. Carroll had in Madrid? I mean, I don't know. I, well, I didn't know that Marcus Erickson listened to this podcast, but after obviously all of our fandom about him last week, how good he was, he decided, I really need to go one better this week. But we'll, cu- we'll come to... Alba Milano shortly. Um, yeah, no, that, that was just a Olympiacos Unix was a proper playoff game. It was a heavyweight bout, just like we love it. It, it was, and it, and it was, it was up and down. So Unix come out early, Olympiacos come back, Unix go up again, Olympiacos come back, and obviously dagger and OT. Um, exciting. And, and we thought, we thought that was it. That we thought, okay, that that's a nice Friday evening, good game, good game, can't get much better. Enter. And it did get better. It did. FS Barcelona. Yes. I mean, it got, be- it got better for us neutrals. Um, for Mr. Mirotic and Larkin, no, it didn't really get much better, did it? It didn't. And here's the thing why I'm disappointed. I eagerly named last week's episode, Put On Your Dancing Shoes, because of Shane Larkin. I've gotten used to great showings by Shane Larkin against said Barcelona. Yeah. So putting the smart money was actually that. And, uh, you know, for an Anadolu win, both did not happen. No, he, he was very much, um, I mean, Shane actually had, he had a solid but un- unspectacular game, like 14 and 6. Um, obviously, there's the nasty five in the foul column. But Vasily Misic, he carried the he game, missed. could you say? He missaged, I think. Yeah, I mean, what was that? He went 7 of, 7 of 13? He went eight, 11 trips to the line. 26 points, right? 27, 26. 26 points, five rebounds, four assists. Um, he received 10 fouls, very aggressive. But, I mean, the story of the game has got to be a certain player returning to Istanbul who decided it was his time to shine. Sir Tak Shanley, oh. 24 points, nine of 11 shooting, three four rebounds. From deep. That's the thing, four of five from deep. Four five from deep, yep. Um. But it was it was quite interesting to see because obviously these are these are two 
big teams in Euroleague. Like, in terms of we have high expectations of them. Nikola Miritic filled out early and was openly very unhappy about it. Again, I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I must be coming down with something. I think Nikola Miritic was quite harshly treated in that game. I don't think a lot of those fouls were fouls. I'm going to say something that's going to sound a bit provocative or controversial at best. They were playing high-level basketball. And essentially, it was the contender versus the, the reigning champ. If you're not expecting right, to get a few blows when you're trying to deliver a few, you're in the wrong place. It, it was You knew it's going to be a slugfest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in Barcelona, which is why, you know, like, and, and not an article, but a research needs to be done on, on the following matter. When teams are getting, again, not throughout the season, not for an entire season, but for a couple, three, maybe even four games with a very thin bench, like Barcelona are coming, it's misleading because you're expecting to have maybe an easier night, right? Yeah. But somehow it gets to be complicated, very much it complicated. Does. It does, because like, I mean, we spoke about it in the group, and I'm actually a big fan of his just because of how hard he plays. But there was at one point during the game, I was watching and I looked at the Barcelona lineup, and they had Sergi Martinez I playing the two. I love it. I love him. He, he plays so hard, and he just he gets minutes with Sharas because he plays so hard. But they had him playing the two. Sergi Martinez is a glorified four-five. Actually, I'd probably see more of a 5-4. You know what? I'm going to say some. It's going to give me goosebumps. Sorry. And, and I didn't even say shivers because I'm done with Armin van Buren uh, uh, references. You know, like the sound of goodbye was last week. No, not, not again. Maybe a different artist this week. Uh, but I remember seeing Sergio Martinez playing for the Spanish national team in Tel Aviv, the under 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, that could be like the next Felipe Reyes in a way. In a way. Okay. He did some things. And again, I'm really addressing certain attributes of his game. I'm not saying, you know, his entire game. Yeah, the passion. Exactly. Like, you know, and, and I was like, and even the Spanish national team guys, they said like, you know, this is like somewhat of a Felipe Reyes. I'm like, you know what? It's, it was great. It was so much fun watching him. And then you see him now on the bigger stage and you're like, he played it too? It's like, you know what? Let's do a Zohan reference. The goat fetch the soup. <laughs> I, I cannot believe this. Yeah, because there's, I mean, I mean, it's well documented. Everyone knows Barcelona are on the market for a short term solution at the guard spots because they have a plethora of injuries. I mean, Higgins, Abrines, Calathus. Why not offer? No ideal. I mean, you know, you can come and I can come as a, as a friend of a friend in, 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 in that, you know, scenario. And we can bring Emmett as, you know, the, the drinking buddy. And all, you know, all of, all of us can get like a one plus or 1.2 mil per, you know, for the rest of the season. Everyone's happy. Morale is for sure going to be higher. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we, we could definitely bring some fun elements to that locker room. Um, but yeah, no, but Barcelona are, are a bit shorthanded. But I mean, I, I mentioned it. Like Nikola Miritic is an MVP candidate. He has an MVP candidate. He has, I mean, he, he dropped 18 and 8. 18, 8 and 5, sorry. I'll take that take that back he it just he's a very good basketball player but right now the most important nico in barcelona doesn't have a spanish passport without lo provitola's production barcelona are in real trouble they need another guard than asap and i, I love lo provitola that's not a secret but they really he needs some help you do not love him my friend i'm sorry idolize i was sure like because from day one you showed us and again, I know we went lights out like a few years ago and lights go back on like only in Final Fours and what have you. Oh, also in the award show. But, you know, there's there's still quite quite some time until we get there. But here's the thing. You were holding uh, a La Provitola jersey in Badalona, I think. And yeah. now you have a Badalona jersey on a wall and it's not his. So No, it's, it's, it's not. And there's a special reason why this one is behind me. Um and I'll take a picture of it and send you after the podcast. It's actually signed by the entire team that made the Copa. So we've got an Ante Tomic, we've got the man, the legend, Joel Parra, soon to be Euroleague superstar. Uh, who else is it? Paul Ribas. There's a few other names on there. So that's why that one goes up on the wall. And I love Xavi. So yeah, Xavi, I know. You like him, you idolize La Provitola, but in all seriousness, Miritic. You know, I just think he needs to finally become that badass moment. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's the only thing. 
I want him to bit slap someone during a game. Get get ejected. Nobody will mess with you next game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that takes us into our last Friday card game. The Friday card. If we're talking about who's hot and who's not, we, we briefly alluded to it. Marcus Ericsson cannot. I mean, wow. Alba Berlin got a huge, huge win for all the wrong reasons against a Milano team. And I know we don't like to say it, but they are in trouble. They are they are on the slide. Are they, though? I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, you, you, Milano's slide is undeniable. You said if a team go 0-4, they are in trouble. Milano just went 0-4. Not a super team. Why? They're on the... I mean, they're on the brink. I think what's what's more concerning for me about Milano, um, the rotations don't seem to make a heck of a lot of sense. Like Troy Daniels, for a team that needed shooting last night, why was Troy Daniels not playing? Okay, granted, there are a few questions that needs to be asked. Well, you know, specifically, you know, there was also a Shane rant on, on Instagram after. We're not going to talk about that too much the, after the Barcelona game. You know, but at the end of the day, I don't think we need to do... We need to uh, overthink or, or you know, just make uh, more of the officiating that, that it, need, it needs to be made because essentially side of the Madrid Maccabi game, there wasn't like one decision in the Anadolu Barcelona game that you know decided the game in, in a way. No, it's, it, I, I have to admit, I usually don't. You know, you, you can say that every team's fan will say that he got you know the rest kind of screwed him over. It's like it's a it's an unreasonable it's a sports fan thing. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's your go-to. Oh, it was the refs. And if you're a player, you're probably going to think that the refs are against you. So I'd say about that, not quite. Okay, not quite. I'm not. I'm yeah. not so sure they're against you. I mean, come on. You expected Coach Ataman to get to get ejected. It was kind of. Oh, I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he, 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 that was for dramatic effect. I mean, my there are certain places you expect to go and not get calls. You, you know that, but that's that's just a European basketball thing. Like, uh, you know, I know, everyone across Europe knows if you go to, for example, Belgrade to play Partizan or Svenas Vesta, or Zenit, you're, you're not anticipating a lot of trips to the foul line. You're really not. You're not You're not expecting a lot of home court. You, you get home court favours. Listen, it happens. That's fine. Okay. So, no. Back, back to Milano. Yeah, Milano. Um, they, they went 0-4. They went like, Milano started strong. Like if, if you look at Milano's in terms of like the way their schedule started, obviously they lost at Bayern on week six. Not a disaster. Bayern are a good basketball team, well organized, and going to, going to Germany is tough. But since week nine, when they held Fenner to forty three points, or Fenner held Fenner to forty three points, Maccabi are on a slide, and it's. It's the manner of defeat. I mean, they lost 97-71 to Unix, 74-78 at Zenit, lost to Olympiacos by 20-plus in Milan, and then went to Alba, who, and we've discussed that, we, we don't dislike Alba, but they're just, they're in a transitional phase. Nobody told Marcus Eriksson that because he is, as we've alluded to, fire, fire, burning fire. He is potentially going to shoot 50-50-90 on the season, which is, Absolute insanity. It's not bad. It's not bad. But Milano, like they've got their way to Monaco next. Um, Monaco drew a win. Mike James seems to have his mojo back. Then they're away to Fenner. Again, Fenner uppy downy. I actually, truth be told, I expected Fenner to lose this week and then probably to have a new coach by the time they play Milano. So this probably changes my outcome on that. Then then you shouldn't you shouldn't have picked them to win in our predictions. Actually, that would have made life very much happier and easier for me in the competition. But it's okay. I'm not complaining. It would have, yeah, it would have, yeah. So no, so um, yeah, Milano. That Milano, I'm not trusting too much. And I'm I'm going to ask a question because I, I scribbled down a few notes. I, I I almost tried to prepare this week, but unfortunately, the Friday card kind of threw a spanner in the works. Yeah, it surprised you just like the majestic hair of Alexa. Oh, majestic. Oh, I mean. I mean, as two fairly follically challenged gentlemen, that is a head of hair. I digress. Serious question. So we are, at what, about a third of the way through the season, give or take? Um, well, I think more than a third. Yeah, it's slightly over, about 35%, if, if I'm right. Could you, and, and I'll say this, because we, we had this conversation off air. If I was to say, could you, and in no particular order, 
pick the eight teams you think will make the playoffs. Do you think you could do it? Yes. Okay. I'm curious to see how many we agree on and disagree on. Just so you know, before we do that, uh, I want to, you know, address the following. Uh, would you please take a look at, like, Milan's next couple rounds of games? They have Monaco, they have Panathinaikos, and they have Madrid. Potentially, this could be, like, destructive if they lose one of the first two. Because I can definitely see them losing uh, at Madrid. Oh, I mean, they're going, they'll lose at Madrid. I think they'll lose at Monaco. Um, I, I can see a situation where Milano are like one in seven over this stretch. Yeah, and that would be bad, honestly. By the way, we're not going to say a word for what Zvesta did to Zenit in Russia. Yeah. Um, bonkers, by the way. Yeah, it kind of it kind of faded into the, the background because of the quality of the, the other two games on Friday. 58 points, Lewis. 58 points. Zenit 58 points. I mean, I know we we're, we're getting to that like halfway mark of the regular season and still no Shabazz Napier when we were only promised one month. Yeah, no, like we bought we both bought in on Zenit preseason. And Shabazz, as we've said, he's he's been out a lot longer than we thought. And Zenit have looked good in spells, but I'm 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 leaving the Zenit hype train. I I I'm I'm worried about them. I, I don't think they'll they're as good as advertising. Even if Shabazz does come back now, and that's a big if. It'll take him a while to bed in. There's going to be a couple of games where there's going to be a lot of turnovers or a lot of missed shots. I'm, I'm, I'm selling my Zenit stock. Not yet. Hold on for one more week. No, I'm, 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 I'm selling out. I've contacted my financial advisor. I'm selling out. The financial <laughs> advisor, though, that told you to pick Basconi over Jagers last week? It's another segue. I, we've ragged on, we've ragged on Zalgiris a lot. Other team that starts with the Z, Zalgiris. I think Basconia are worse than Zalgiris. I mean, genuinely. Ah, it makes sense. I mean, both of them are, are quite similar because they both have like a similar situation where their best player is a big man who is not going to be there next season. Shout out Josh Nebo and Stephen Enoch. You know, uh, I said from day one that Josh Nebo is very much dependent on a point guard playing next to him. So. I think, like, for example, if Chacho continues for, like, three, four more seasons, he can definitely help him out. He would, he would actually be the perfect complement for this Milan team. I actually think he might solve a lot of their problems because I don't think Ben Bentil's the answer. He's, I, I get that, the, obviously, the NBA market's not really opened up yet. Um, you're slowly starting to see guys coming across, but I think Milano should have maybe held off and went for another guard, in my opinion. I think they're okay in the front court. Another guard? Instead of who? Oh, not, not so much a guard, more of a 2-3 instead of Ben Bentil. Okay, again, instead of who? I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a name. I, I think they need more shooting. They have Devon Hall, they have Troy Daniels, like these two guys. And so, like, you just complain about one of them not playing enough. Yeah, so obviously that there's a fit issue there. I'd be, I don't know. I, I think it's Milano's backcourt just worries me a little bit. They just don't seem to have enough score in there. Yeah. We, have, we have segued massively. Yeah, I know. But it is, yeah. a, and, and, and it is the second week in a row where the inmates run the asylum. So it's, it's it is. Yeah. Okay. So let's go. Let's hear your, t- your eight teams in no particular order that make the playoffs. Okay. So are you ready? Born ready. So Luke claims that he was born ready, but let's see if he is comfortable enough uh, to, uh, to handle the fire and destruction and ice I'm going to be bringing soon. So Barcelona, Madrid, Olympiacos. So far, so good, right? Cheska also. So far, you're on board with me, right? Yeah, four for four. Good. Um, this is where it gets tricky. No, it's not, actually. It's not. Because I think that Villarban will go and lose a few more games. Like, they're going to be around, but not make it. So, it's like, to me, I can definitely see Unix, right? Yeah. You, you know what? You take the uh, the current eight teams, and I'm saying that when you, you know, I'm, I'm fine with Zenit being in the playoffs. Uh, I'm fine with uh, Maccabi being, being in the playoffs. But I think that from five to eight, one of those teams, one of these teams is not going to make it, and Anadolu will take its place unless Anadolu will drop the ball again and again. Because, you know, we've talked about teams that um, – that have these like kind of bad runs and what have you. And still, like, even though the Donadol are playing their best basketball this season, 
I lost like Maccabi had and I lost like they had, like, you know, after OT, after they, they managed to come back, they, they were leading double digits. Then they, uh, they were down. Then they managed to, you know, force overtime. And then they, well, they lost, even though the score lies a bit because, you know, you had a couple of open looks, open shots that were made by, by Anadolu. So I want to see more consistency from them. Thank you. And, you know, that's what I'm saying here. So, Louis, I know I, 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 uh, I mentioned nine teams. Deal with it. Okay, so I'm going to get. I'm going to also mention nine teams. Um, so we we agreed for the most part. Real, Barça, Olympiacos, Cheska. I think FS will make the playoffs. They will come good. Um, Unix, and then I'm going to surprise you with one team. Mm. Um, I think Zenit might still make the playoffs. So if I think yes, this means like Maccabi is out, and these are your eight teams. In Maccabi is out, and so is Milano. I think, I think, hear me out here, Bayern Munich will make the playoffs. Look, because it's a Trinkieri team, uh, I would say yes, but here's the big point. They are not as talented as last year. So, they don't have to be. They don't have to be because I've looked at their schedule. Oh, wow. So they've had a nicer schedule. It doesn't mean anything. They, no. it's, it's more, how do you say it? Nice? They've got, Bayern, as we know, are very good at home. They're, they're in that almost Asphalt category of they're a team you don't want to play at home. Bayern, like, okay, they're six and seven just now, but we almost kind of forget Bayern started 0-4. Bayern had a really rough start to the season. Since then... How did they start? Terribly. No, no, how much? The Magical Four. The Magical Four. Yeah, and they're done. Nah, but since then, six and three. Six and three since then, and they've... And they're coming good. And it's more about I see Milano unraveling as much as I do Bayern putting together a, quite a few wins on Milano. In the second half of the season, of their 17 games, 10 are away from home. And as we know, there is no place like home. As we know. As we know. As we know. Okay, so yeah. So that's... Um, I just love it how you take, you know, phrases that you know or things that are or or thoughts that were made by aris and say as we know <laughs> as we know yeah. Like, yeah we take the credit for it until aris is back we take the credit for it we are we are his voice in the world oh yeah okay just because you brought home right uh till now we we mentioned that um that uh on paper well you know maccabi till now they only played like six games at home which was byron zvezda panathinaikos jaguaris barcelona and Monaco. Yeah. So, till the end of the first round, they're going to have Unix at home and Anadolu. And that's it. Which means they're going to have nine home games. Who have they gotten those home games, though? They've still got to play Real, Oli, Cieska. Yeah, but you can say the same for, uh, for Byron. They're, they're still going to, like, each team, they're going to face those teams eventually. So, you know... Yeah. Yeah, so it's strength of schedule. I think I feel more comfortable with Bayern than I do Maccabi, but Maccabi could Maccabi could turn it around. I mean, exactly. I definitely see them like making it like through the number eight spot. And by the way, if I'm Barcelona, I do not want to play against Maccabi in a in a best of five. Specifically, if I'm Barcelona, because it, it feels like in the last couple of years, well, more than the last couple of years though, but Maccabi kind of figured out Barcelona. I, I can't quite explain it, and I know that it's playoffs and it's different than than regular season. But yeah, first, I think my, my only issue with a Maccabi team in the playoffs, like we obviously we've spoken with Maccabi at length, they they need a lot more than what they're getting just now in terms of where where the good points are coming from. Yeah, because in a playoff series that that's just a problem, especially yeah, I, if Barcelona are fully fit. <laughs> no. Okay, so this probably segues nicely into, and I think it's time for the games of the week. So, speaking of which, uh, again, you know what's so special about this round? Not a double rounder. I panicked and I double checked. <laughs> it's so easy, right? After you know, it, it only takes like one time to, to make a horrendous mistake. And again, I'm not talking about finding out 
after you record uh, the episode. I I'm talking like, you know, in terms of before you record an episode and then you realize you have one less day of editing. But that's, oh, yeah. All, yeah, that's all on Emmett. He's got ice in his veins. So yeah, you know, you know, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so card, we have, wow, we, we really have a great card, you know? Like Zenith. super card, yeah. super card. Like, I, I, I'm going to admit something that I should never admit. Um, and that is like I, and cheap clothing in terms of potentially great games, even though they don't look like it. Yeah. So I will not be here next week. I, I will be in sunnier climates. I may, I may try pop in briefly. However, I changed my flight on Friday. So I was able to watch one of the games on Friday Live. And that is? Oh, come on. Badalona? No, I'm just kidding. El Clasico. It's, it's, it's obviously Jalgir Seska. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it's um, El Clasico. Bar yeah. Barcelona Madrid. I, ch I, ch I changed my flight for the, the whopping cost of £9 British. So like €10. Euros, so I could actually sit and watch the game. I thought you're gonna see like Basconia as well. It has like much more zing into it, but okay. Oof, ouch. Okay, no. So yeah, we've got um, we've got a, we've got a good week. Yeah, Zenit Fenner, Zvezda hosting Olympiakos, and that is going to be, that's gonna be like a physical beatdown. I'm not saying necessarily like scoring wise, but you know that this game is it's gonna be a hot mess of a game potentially. Same as Byron Anadolu Efes. Byron hosting Anadolu Efes. Big game for both teams. Big game. Yeah, and then another amazing game. Maccabi Unix, another amazing game. Yeah, then, that, 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 I, I can see that being a score fest. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know it's going to be another game? And this is, by the way, a tricky game because I think that if Asvel loses this game, they're as good as are for me because this is not a game they can allow themselves to lose. But you yeah. remember what you said last week, Basconia are due a Basconia win. They are due, they are due a Basconia win, unfortunately, for Asphalt. And Asphalt, historically, they, they like the French coast a little bit too much. Um, Pais Basco uh, can be an unfriendly place to go at times. So, no, that, that could be a problem for Asphalt. And then we've got... Then we've got I, I, actually, three of the four Friday games have got a, a certain panache to them. We've got Jalgiris Seska, always a bit spicy. Yes. Then you've got then, then you've got the Mike the Mike James Revenge game, Monaco Milano. And we've waited for this. Yeah. The, the, this one is he's back. And this time it's personal. Because literally it is. Um <laughs> Banathan Icos Alba, if you're watching that, I assume you yeah. don't like basketball. Or you don't like yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I am pretty sure that is in the Geneva Convention under like some sort of war crime. Bad, bad basketball. Don't watch that. Sorry, Marcus Ericsson. I love you, but no. Yeah, I, I love Marcus Ericsson. Like he's, he's straight up killer. Um, hopefully he can kill this game off nice and early so no one has to watch it. And then obviously you've got Barcelona Real to finish off the week. For more Giant than killing. minutes, yes, yes, Barcelona, that's a good game, that is a good game. So, this is probably the toughest one, Moshe, your two games of the week. No, no, You're, we're going to start off with you, because it just hit me that Mike James uh, had already one game in his revenge tour, and, and that game, my dear friend, that game was under the title of his back, and he's bringing vengeance. And he did bring vengeance upon Cheska. He didn't, yeah. have a, he didn't even have a good game. That was the that was the Dante Hall show. Yeah, but still, that was like a seventeen point in, uh, uh, win against your previous team. So, do you really care that she like you know you only had ten yeah. points, eight assists, uh, uh, two boards, you know, five steals and three turnovers? That is not a bad game. No, it wasn't. I, actually, I, I remember, I, I think it just it wasn't the dominant game they were expecting, but obviously that was big because Monaco, it was like a 39-point turnaround, more or less. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so my games of the week. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to, I'm going to say? What? Thursday night, Maccabi Unix. Of course, it has to be. 
it's I mean it's it's close, but yeah, Maccabi Unix that'll be that will be a good game, and I think there's as I said it's going to have a lot of offensive flair to it. I don't think there's going to be a hell of a lot of defense played in this game. Um, shock and surprise by the disaster factor that is Unix, and then Friday night. I'm sorry, I, I changed the flight to watch it. El Clasico, Barça Real, okay. and my predictions. Yikes. This is going to, to create somewhat of a separation thing this week. Yeah, this is, a, this is a separation week. I'm going with, I know we said there's no place like home, but this week I think I'm going the other way. Fenner, Olympiacos, Bayern, Unix, and Basconia. Basconia, Joe Basconia win. Um, Friday night, Sheska, Monaco, Panathinaikos, Real Madrid. Wow. I like I felt your pain. I'm not gonna lie. I did. I felt your that pain. was that was tough because Barcelona Barcelona's Barcelona have injuries in all the places where Madrid are kind of stacked. And you know what else? We can I, I think I think we can actually expect Tompkins and Randolph to play this week. Yeah. I mean, if everything goes according to plan. Even if you get them for like a combined 10, 15 minutes, that's that's enough to cause problems. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'm going to pick the same games as you did, which is Maccabi Unix and also the Turkish El Clasico. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, I know. I know it wasn't funny enough because Lewis was not laughing out loud. I know. I actually panicked and I went. I get one of the games wrong this week. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I didn't scare you at all with the double rounder week at no, all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So obviously it's actual classico. Honestly, there's only one in classico when you think about it. So when I'm saying El classico, obviously it's Real Madrid Barcelona. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, I want to go Zenit. So I'll take Zenit because I don't I don't see a Chavi Pasqual team, even though Fenner were playing great. It is a road game. It is okay to lose a road game. And it is okay to lose to Zenit, right? Yeah. So that, that's like my big three. Olympiacos. I am going Bayern, even though Anadolu are in a very good shape. And this is a tricky game because this, my friend, if we talk, if we talk playoffs for Anadolu FS. Should they lose here, it, it will mean they're like six and eight. Yeah. And potentially put them two games or two and a half games from the playoffs. Still totally reachable. But if you're on a WFS, you're not going to be happy with your eight spot, right? You want more than that. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to be going to potentially Real or Barca in the playoffs. Yeah, that would be very bad. But I am... Great entertainment would be very bad. Yeah, exactly. Very well put. Very well put. Or as we like to say for Aries, he hits the nail on the head. I'm going, so obviously I'm going Byron. Um, uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure that Aries and Emmett are going to pick Anadolu FS. I don't know why. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. I have been wrong before. Uh, I'm going with Maccabi. I'm going with Basconia. I'm going with, I want to say Jalgaris, but I'm going to say Cheska. Um, so Cheska, who did you take, Panathinaikos or Alba? Uh, Pana. Yeah, I'm I, I, like I'm I'm actually with you on the uh, the Alba Berlin games. So Pana, um, Monaco, Madrid. That's it. Whoa, we have very similar cards here. Okay. Yeah. This could, this could, this week could all come down to Maccabi Unix. Why? Oh, I think you, that was the only game we picked different. Oh, no, sorry. Zenit. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I can also take Apple Berlin if you're feeling comfortable enough. I mean, I know that I can for sure. If you give me one minute, even though this is going to turn out to be like one and a half hours episode, one and a half hour. Yeah, it's going to be one hour and a half long episode. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to give me like a minute. And I'm sure we're well past that one, one and a half hour. So that mark. Like uh, Alba can definitely take that win. I don't see them going three in a row, but I can definitely see them taking the win against Panathinaikos. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a game that anything, anything could happen and nothing would surprise me, but I'm not going to watch it. I'll watch the highlights. No, I'm going to watch I'll watch it. the highlights, check the box score. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. 
Okay. You have two TVs on, uh, on, like you know, one for each game. Yeah. Um, well, actually, not Monaco. Too- Monaco Milano's on at the same time, and it overlaps slightly with Kaunas uh, Moscow. So no, I will not watch it. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is I'm using one laptop, one TV, so I can like you know juggle in between like you know. Anyways. Yeah, we digress. I I will not watch it. I don't think it'll be a good game of basketball. But Marcus Eriksson, prove me wrong. Lou, I swear that if Alba wins, this will not be good for us. <laughs> this will not be good for us. Yeah, it's not. Okay, so that brings us very much like Nikola Mirotic and Shane Larkin to a nice early finish. We're going for a bath. Yeah. Not together. So wait, Lou, I guess this is the end. This is the end. This is the end. It's time for that sad part of the week. Yeah, I mean, you should hold your breath and count to 10. Feel the earth move and then hear my heart burst again. No, nothing, not yet. And you sure do know how to let the sky fall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, and, and the sky, conveniently, is falling around me. <laughs> sure is. So, I mean, Lou, where can they find you? Uh, well, for the next week, you can find me on the Costa del Sol. Also on Twitter at Half Glenny. Um, Yes, so if anyone's got nothing to do next Sunday morning, I am running. <laughs> I use running with an asterisk very big asterisk the Malaga Marathon so I will unfortunately be absent hopefully only for one week assuming nothing goes wrong then I'll be back so as ever you can find me at Moses B1 and at I Team Scout on Twitter the, my Instagram account which is also at Moses B1 the Facebook page of Team Scout where Lou will also post some stuff during the week um, and yes I am going to start working on that uh on you know checking the double rounders thing but that'll be ready you know after the show will go up for sure and there's also the show's twitter account which yeah, is the show, the show has an account the show has an account long and, overdue yeah at el swiss 16 show now also we're available on soundcloud spotify yes look us up at spotify follow us share you know just spread the love it makes it a hell of a lot more better Right? Sharing is caring, and we are... Share the sugar. Share the sugar. Yeah, Lou. Share the sugar. I I definitely think that that is appropriate and spot on. So share the sugar. And again, Spotify, Anchor, we're there. Just, you know, hit us up. So, till next time. Great pass from Diamantini's. The lob is There we go. 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue. Aspinelis drives inside, looks for the alley oh! Corey Higgins just exploding. EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need.